soon as you did that, I kind of forgot how we were starting this. <laughs> You're the one who always starts it. <laughs> you go, hello, everybody. <laughs> you kind of reminded me of um, Mrs. Delphire. Hello. That's what you say. <laughs> every, time. every time. Every <laughs> time. I'm pretty Open sure. Way, dear. <laughs> Books and drinking are on the way, dear. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire here. <laughs> For all you little children. It's a <laughs> really old movie. <laughs> like, no one knows what we're talking about. Robin Williams, bless his soul. Mm. Oh, gone too soon. All right, well. Yes, here it is. On that note... <laughs> That's Brittany. <laughs> Hello, that's Missy. What up? And this is It's Lit. A Yes, we are um very sane and normal book club, clearly. <laughs> no chaos or anything weird here. We're just we're very smart intellectuals and we're gonna talk to you about a book. <laughs> We're going to try to. We've already been talking for about an hour before we press start. I know. I've had three gin and tonics. I have had. Before we've started. About a shot and a half of whiskey and then a beer. I'm not that far in. <laughs> this, uh, this might not This might not go well. <laughs> but yes, if you are new here and you cannot tell, we are Chaotic Book Club. And sometimes we talk about a book. Sometimes we rant. Usually, we just laugh a lot, so welcome. <laughs> we do. We laugh so much. <laughs> we're just oh. very happy people <laughs> when we're looking at each other on a screen. We love looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> and why do we look at each other on a screen? That's because we live two and a half hours away from each other. Yes. But we're kind of friends, so we were like, hey, let's do a book podcast, even though one of us doesn't know how to read and the other hates talking. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. That's so true. It's literally like, why do we do this? I can't read. I I mean, I can read, but I I think it's the ADHD and d- dyslexia. Like, I, I can't. I physically, it's so hard to read. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many times I will read a page and then have to go read it again and then read it again because I'm like, wait, what did I read? Let's do this one more time. And then I'll like almost start going tunnel vision (laughs) and then spacing out, staring at the page. Yeah, I definitely get that every now and then, but it's not like a chronic thing for me. But I think Richard has that a lot. Like that's his issue with reading. Because I think he would like to read more, but that's always his thing he talks about. It takes him, like, months to read one book. And he's like, I don't see how you read books so fast. I'm like, I just, I disassociate. So I could just. I can't. I I find it so much easier with Audible. And, yeah. you know, we could do a paid advertisement if, if they want. <laughs> <laughs> you do get a lot of support from Missy, personally. <laughs> 
I okay. used to do Audible. Um, I still love uh, audiobooks, though. Yes. I never tried that again. I need to. I just I keep <laughs> I keep paying for Audible. Oh, <laughs> I canceled it. So I just I've got two credits right now. Yeah, I've done audio. I've done Audible. I've done audio books, which I think is its own app. But I currently I do Scribed, which is what I like to do um, because I like them a lot because you pay just one month at a time and you get access to their full catalog of a bunch of different audiobooks and actual books like on a Kindle e-reader. So they give you both. Isn't that like 10 bucks you said? Mm-hmm. It's like 10 or 15 or it's maybe like- even between that. So it's a lot better. I think for me with as much as I read, it was a much better deal than paying like $12 for one credit on Audible or whatever it was. Yeah. I probably need <laughs> <laughs> scratch that out <laughs> i pay like 25 dollars a month i think is what it is oh my and gosh I do one book i think it's it might be wrong i don't know it's something like that and it's also it's very user specific because like you said you you listen to more on audio um and scribe obviously doesn't have everything that audio or audible has which is nice because it lets you pick and choose scribed you just have what's in their catalog and it is very giving and very advanced and i think for newer company they have a lot to choose from but they don't have every book like they didn't have this book that we're going to talk about today but (laughs) i was fine with that one of my favorite things about listening is that like a lot of the authors are the ones that are reading their books yeah i love that green lights by matthew mcconaughey i don't know if we actually talked about this so good and he's reading his book even better like i always joke that me and him are having a conversation in my car every time yeah i think with like celebrities specifically like that when they do their own audiobooks and i think most of them do it is really nice um i've listened to a lot of those in the past like i've listened to a lot of um amy poehler She'll read her own books, or Tina Fey she- <laughs> reads her book. Uh, Anna Kendrick reads her book. So yeah, yeah like her voice is really nice. Though. I like <laughs> I like it when people read their own book. Yes, that's good. I so this so okay. Here, what what book are we reading, Brittany? What book we are we well we read, not reading. We, I say I, yeah. I changed that. <laughs> I changed it. <laughs> read okay, okay, my words. Okay. <laughs> This week, though, we read and are talking about One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus. And I, yes, I physically read the book, but I'm guessing you did audio. So I did audio. And actually, I was going to read this. So my, what I really enjoyed with this, which actually helped tremendously, was they had multiple people. There were four readers yeah i love that and that makes sense because when i was reading there was always there were four different characters who always had a section from their point of view yep so i like it when audiobooks they take that into account and they actually give different uh narrators for each separate person it was so much easier for me to listen and it took me a second but one like maybe by like chapter like four or five, I started um, like recognizing the voice for the character. Oh, nice! So that was a lot easier for me to um, listen more and like really, you know, remember who is reading. I imagine that made it more like um, 
more movie or cinematic like to where it was like you were being told like I, I understand like you're being told a story in audiobooks but sometimes it can get very convoluted with just one narrator doing a bunch of different voices mm-hmm. but when it's like four different people being four different characters it definitely gives it that Hollywood spice that we've all humans are kind of accustomed to yeah and it so this was narrated I'm probably gonna botch everybody's names by Kim my guest or may guess m-a-i may guess mcloyd andrews mcloyd andrews shannon mcmanus and robbie damon wow i didn't realize i wonder if that's karen's sister i was gonna say i wonder if she has any relation to the author or if it's just completely random circumstance interesting yeah um i I thought it was funny. So if you go, if you ever listen to the guy who plays Nate, <laughs> okay. he, um, his voice for Bronwyn, it just cracks me up because it's this man trying to have a high pitched voice Bronwyn. for a girl. <laughs> I mean, all of them, both of the, both of the guys do, but <laughs> it just, it always makes me chuckle. <laughs> That is fun, yeah. I at least I appreciate that they did the effort. Cause mm-hmm. some male narrators, which we've said this a few times, and we're not trying to hate on male narrators, but a lot of times they just don't put in the effort that female narrators do. Like, so it's nice when they do. All the light we cannot see. Yes. That one. It was a little monotone. Oh my gosh, yes. Do not recommend that on. But I always appreciate it when a male narrator, especially try at least tries that's all i ask for well they they both did really well in this one nice uh, so so the book starts off with a crime yeah so if you're like the premise of the book is it's essentially the breakfast club mixed with pretty little liars murder yeah so I think the blurb, let's see, let me just read. My hair is sitting on my shoulder. <laughs> it's saying hi. It's waving. It's a wave. Oh my gosh. Sorry. So the whole, like the tagline of the book is pay attention and you might solve this. Uh, on a Monday afternoon, five students walk into detention Uh There's Bronwyn, who is the brain, Addie, who is the beauty, Nate is the criminal, Cooper is the athlete, and Simon is our outcast. Again, very fucking breakfast club. (laughs) But the twist then comes that Simon, the outcast, does not make it out of detention alive. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So now you were thrown into this murder mystery of who done it and the main suspects are Bronwyn, Addie, Nate, and Cooper, the other four from detention, who are left, and they all have, as you read, you determine they all have secrets that start coming to light. And the question becomes which secret is worth murder? And the police suspect all of them. They're like putting so much pressure. And they're also all teenagers. Like they are all young is the thing to also remember here. Uh, and then you get this 
another high school book. Yes, like we keep getting all these high school books, <laughs> which is like very funny because we kind of keep shitting on them, but we're not, I don't think. But no. this might be another instance where I'm a little meaner than I should be, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but it was very cliche. I predicted this book from the beginning. It's fine. I did. Like, it had to be what it, it is. It, it had to fucking be. It took me a hot minute. <laughs> no, because I never I never even liked that ki- that uh character from the beginning. So I was like, okay, so they yeah. did this for the reasons that they did this and I was correct. Horrible. Um and then I never liked I never fucking liked their sidekick. No. They were a shit person from the beginning and I will trash talk them this whole time. <laughs> yeah, no. So I was surprised two things. The teacher was mm-hmm. never suspect, which which they did bring up, and I appreciate that because Bronwyn, I think it was Bronwyn because she's the brain. Yes. Multiple times she was like, "What about the teacher? What yes. about the teacher? He was also there." Or the phones. Yeah. Again, Bronwyn was like, "Why do we all get these phones?" Yeah, and she like the beginning of the book is her being like, "That's not my phone." this is my phone and the teacher takes her real phone and it's like a whole thing it's like that's not suspicious to you teacher yes it it drove me crazy because i'm like okay you're giving me these details but you aren't using them at all yeah at all so i'm like is this intentional just to throw you off but you really like you know i'd be halfway through the book and i'm like but what about the phones yeah what about the teacher what are we doing (laughs) (laughs) what is happening so yes, essentially at the base of this book, it is another murder mystery, which we have done a few times here, but this one's a little different because it's one split into three different parts. There's a part one, a part two, and a part three, and in each of those parts, we get four different POVs. So we get Bronwyn's thinking, we get Nate's thinking, we get Addie's thinking, and we get Cooper's thinking. And we get a little bit of a relationship. We get a few we get a few relationships actually. But throughout all of that, like as you go through the book, you kind of see where they're you see how they all think. So you see how they would think of each other. You see how they would suspect each other because these people are not friends. It's very breakfast club. They were all just kind of thrown together seemingly randomly, but you later learn like it's not random. Mm-hmm. Because kind of like we hinted to, they all got into detention because they all got caught in this one teacher who was very anti-phone with a phone, but ended up not being any of their phones. So it was like premeditated. It was like the teacher knew that they're going to have these random phones. It was very weird. It was kind of a weird flaky setup, I will say. Yes. Um, It would not happen in today's world where phones rule. So I could, it was a little hard to kind of imagine when the story was taking place, like what years, and especially it was 2017, right? Uh, maybe. I think so. 2017 or 2018. And because it was also like, there was this website called About That. And uh, like, it was very Tumblr. It was very like that era of internet that kind of ruled students lives so it was a little it was a little weird to be like is this a thing i don't know this wouldn't fly these days 
No, but anyway, the the blogging reminded me of uh, Gossip Girl. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I couldn't even think of Gossip Girl. I just said XOXO. <laughs> yes. Okay. I had that same thought, but I had it more like, oh my God, I wish. Okay. So just I'll go ahead and say, I was going to say it at the end. This book got made into a TV show mm-hmm. and the TV show is very heavily Breakfast Club still, but I get more Gossip Girl than Pretty Little Liars with the TV show because of the way it's told and there is kind of like a narrator like a gossip girl like xoxo and at the end and the beginning of each episode there's like this narrator voice calling out the four suspects and i'm like this is so that style but i'm kind of in love with it you can't you can't She's been going crazy. All I see is just black and then like a tiny little white speck like rolling. (laughs) She's laying directly vertical on the crack of a cushion. That's what she does. She likes to like stretch out and settle herself. Is that her head or her butt? That's her head. Oh. Oh, there she goes. Yeah, she looks like a teeny tiny little white blob. And then her paw, like I kind of see moving. <laughs> I was just talking, I was just listening to you and I just see this thing. <laughs> That's like earlier when we were just chit-chatting. She was losing her mind back here. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> she cry. <laughs> okay, sorry. Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I... We were talking Gossip Girl, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, I tried watching the new Gossip Girl, and I did not like it. There's a new Gossip Girl? I didn't know that. I didn't like it. I watched, like, two, maybe three episodes, and it was horrible. Probably because I'm not relatable to today's teenagers, (laughs) especially today's rich teenagers. (laughs) That's fair. But yes, sorry, that's going way off topic. <laughs> so I guess I don't know how you, if you did notes or how you did notes, but I did my notes in like part one, part two, part three of how the book was laid out. I be honest, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just looking for your questions right now. No, because I was just I listened to it so much in the car that I didn't get to really write anything about it. That's fine. And like for part one, it's really just kind of the layout and kind of what I said already and like you kind of learn like early on in page 32 like 33 that's when it seems like or not even just those pages but with each character that's part one is where it's kind of hinting at these deeper secrets that all four of these characters have because obviously from the beginning the scapegoat or who you think is going to be the person we have a stereotypical bad boy character we have nate who is the criminal he's been caught like on drug dealing he is the smart ass he's the judd nelson like the breakfast club he's that character to a fucking t to where it's almost very cliche and annoying right but he's, he's likable oh he's my favorite character like he yeah but i do I... hate how stereotypical bullshit cliche it is because spoiler alert he has a fucking heart of gold and he is not the murderer <laughs> right you know but he's easy to blame him in the beginning he is 
obviously the one who is going to either be the murderer or he's going to be the scapegoat, which we'll see. It does come into play that way because it's very stereotypical. Yes. Oh, the whole book. Oh, yeah. They play up their stereotypes. And some of them, yes, they do have good character development. One in particular, I think, has the best, but because I hated their character in the beginning. And that's Addie. The beauty. I, from the moment I got a chapter in her POV, Mm -hmm. I hated her because it's just self-loathing, self-loathing, self-loathing look seeking the attention and seeking of men she she the approval the approval yes the approval of men the like just everything was so ick and her mother was also a big proprietor of that the biggest problem in her life of that yes especially when like hey mom we broke up oh my gosh not even that i actually i felt the need to write down a page about abby because it pissed me off so much it's page 45 so this is in part one near kind of the end um and this is just again like a teenager a teenager and this was her mom's way of thinking so Addie also has a boyfriend in the beginning of the book who is called Jake, and I hated him from the moment I met him, and that's 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 that. He's controlling. But here is this uh, last paragraph here, right? I never turned Jake down. It's like my mother said when she first took me to get birth control. If you say no too much, pretty soon someone else will say yes. Anyway... I want it as much as he does. I live for these moments of closeness with Jake. I'd crawl inside him if I could. Yeah. One, don't tell your teenage daughter to always say yes. What the fuck? Yeah, no, that's... Mm, I hated her mom and I hated her boyfriend. And then I hated her for the way she thought about herself and the way she just idolized Jake. And I will say... Thankfully, spoiler, Addie had the best character development of them all in this book. She gets not infuriating towards the end, but in the beginning half of the book, she I hated her chapters because they they drove me fucking insane. Well, the way that they had her talking to <laughs> and it was the typical like I hated it so much. Oh, you know, like Oh my gosh, that <laughs> I am nothing but my looks and my boyfriend. That was literally yep. her personality. Yep. But having that kind of mom, like I get it and it sucks. And no it. one like yeah. her mom was shit. Her mom was shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're 16, 17. They are still teenagers. Yeah. And at one point, Addie and Jake, they end up breaking up through like things that happen in this book. And then her mom is pressuring her at 16 or 17. Like, you're going to be a washed up old maid. Like, what the mm. fuck? You're going to be a spinster Wait, just because she, she is boyfriend. single. <laughs> she had one boyfriend. Yeah, because what the mom has like multiple. Because the mom is sad and hates her life. She put yeah. all this pressure on not just Addie, but she also had an older sister we've seen meet and they start getting a very better like paternal relationship kind of with her older sister who was also grown up in this house and eventually the sister does like you you it's very clear that she wants to save Addie from their mother's raising 
Which yeah, bless her. I can't her remember her name, also, but yes. It also makes you wonder, like, how what is her sister's name? Um, how you know the sister doesn't have spoiler. The sister didn't have a good you know relationship with her husband because so, again, it's like wonder. it's a repeating cycle in that family. And I think even Addie makes a crack in part one. Like, it's the curse of the Pretis. What was her name? Ashton. Ashton, yes. It's like and Addie. Charlie. Something. Yeah. But she's like, really? it's like the curse of the these women or whatever. But it's, no, it's just you guys had a shitty mom who pressured you into bad relationships because she has bad taste in men herself. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah and it's I well so this book is actually recommended for 14 and up and a lot of those parts I don't think should be for a 14 year old which Uh, ones like well one that incident with her mom like yes and I get that but Addie does grow past that and she becomes her own person and she essentially tells her mom fuck off this isn't how I think so I don't think that's necessarily bad for children to learn. I kind of forget how it is to be 14, but I just feel like it's so young. I remember being really angry. <laughs> I just feel like it's so young to talk about sex, but I guess you have to talk about sex. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I mean, there's definitely wrong ages, and it's not what I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just People are forced, yes, much younger than they should be to learn about that sort of thing. And so stuff like this, I guess, could help to be like, hey, no, you can't fucking not do that. Or you could have already done it and now you're stuck, kind of like Addie, because obviously her and Jake have already had sex and then she feels stuck and she's controlled by him. And Jake is a shit boyfriend from the beginning. He's you get that very clear. Not just a shit person, like a shit boyfriend, but yes, a shit person. But it's very telling that her mom is obsessed with him. Yes. And thinks he's the best thing that will or has ever happened to Addie. And it's just red flag, red flag, red flag on both of them. So hard. That <laughs> I keep yawning. <laughs> we just not... started. I know. It's not even that. It's just like I'm I'm just yawning. I get it though. I I, I get it. <laughs> So yeah, basically in part one, everyone is... It's just the introduction. It's the introduction to their personalities, to kind of how they're living. So Addie obviously has a very controlling mother and a very controlling boyfriend. Bronwyn is the brainiac. She has all this pressure to succeed. She has a sister who recently overcame leukemia and also just very successful like driven parents who want her to go to Yale and because her sister had all that health problems she feels extra pressure to be the one to succeed because it's like she's making up for her sister mm-hmm. then you have Nate who is the criminal who is the bad boy no but really he's like you you learn in part one that his mom is dead she's not in the picture And he has just a drunk father who doesn't care to do anything. So Nate began selling drugs to cover the fucking bills. Like he had to provide for his himself this his whole time. If I could get away with it, I'd do it. And then you have (laughs) (laughs) You would obviously honestly be the best drug dealer because no one would suspect you. (laughs) You're so pure. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh gosh could you imagine <laughs> yeah good. hey justin look at all this extra money i just came across <laughs> wow it's amazing <laughs> like, yeah i'm just really good at my job <laughs> And then you have oh. Cooper, who is kind of the stereotypical dumb jock. Country twang coming out. He's a country boy. He's he's a good old boy. He wants to play uh, football professionally. Or baseball. He wants to play baseball. Does baseball. He, yes, he's a, does he want to play baseball? Well, he has that pressure from Daddy. his father. Which is, again, very stereotypical. <laughs> happens and everything you know what i was thinking super random off topic Tell why me can't there ever be like a story where you know it doesn't have to be so cliche like like if you're you know totally because <laughs> we were talking about the hair the air <laughs> if you're you know a princess why can't your story be you want to be the queen and you want to have a husband like you want to do this not the stories where you have to be like well I don't need a husband. I don't need this. I don't need this. I'm the perfect, like, or vice versa. Like, why? I get we have to have a conflict in a in a story, but they're all the same conflict. I I assume <laughs> there are stories out there like that. And I have read no, some. I know I have, but I can't think of any right now. But um, none of those are on our wheel this go around this season. So I can't help you. <laughs> We picked a bunch of fucking cliche books. I don't know what to say. <laughs> we have They're to broaden our horizons. Y'all have to give us give us your stories that you think don't have all the cliche-ness and that actually, you know, surprised you. Because we also in our guesses. Like I think <laughs> I think cliches keep happening and people keep investing in them either like visually on TV shows and movies or just by reading them. It's because one, they're kind of comforting in the fact that I think everyone these days has anxiety and you kind of want to know where something is headed. You want a good feel and not to be so completely blindsided. And I think it's a comforting type of thing. Because you're like, oh, I know this cliche. I know this character. I can connect to it because I've seen it 50 million times. So there is something to say for that. That's true. It's like I watch Hallmark movies every Christmas. And you know how each one I will know. end. I know. I know. In beginning, middle, and end. You know exactly who they wind up with. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, I lost you. No. Oh. Oh, okay. Sorry. Even I, when what? I got very I grabbed my mic. I got very into Oh, I've had so much gin. No, because you know there is going to be some corporate businesswoman who is fed up at her job. Something happens. She ends up going home to her small town and she's gonna fall in love with the local good boy who is either a a bartender he is a handyman he is a lumberjack something and he is just going to change her worldview and they're going to clash a little bit but then they're going to have this steamy moment and they're going to make out well okay here we go i watched that's the, every hall the christmas the prince for christmas the prince for christmas i don't know there's like three of them and i was sitting here watching in bed i was like justin i don't know why i'm watching this i know exactly what happens the prince doesn't know if he wants to be king. Typical. Okay. <laughs> she's she's the 
she's a uh, a reporter going to this tiny little town that nobody knows about because you know prince doesn't know if he wants to be king nobody knows who's going to be king next blah 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 she sneaks in gets past security because she's just cute and stupid and innocent you know and all of a sudden fakes who she is and you're like okay i clearly know you're going to get together one because there are three of these movies the wedding you're going to meet him the wedding and then you have a baby so now i'm like well son of a gun i already know the ending but then i'm still going to watch it i'm still going to make fun of all these little things and i'm gonna love it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean truly it is it's, it's weird it is that comforting thing yeah i think so i think that's what it is it's like we all we all like to crap on it but we all keep returning to it because it's comforting in a weird way which i and think also, we watched the breakfast club again i haven't watched it in a while i haven't either and I think also the thing we do with new ones especially is, like, we get the comforting thing, but I think we also go in with maybe a hope, like, hey, maybe they will surprise us this time. Different. And even if they don't, you're still like, okay, I knew it was going to happen, but hey, it was kind of charming. Yeah. You know? I, it's a cash I mean, grab. <laughs> what I feel like there's a movie we just watched that I was pres- pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Um, See, that's always nice when that happens. I'd have to rethink about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. We'll get back on topic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so we keep <laughs> trying to do this, and we keep getting distracted. You want to go to, to part two? Yeah, let me wrap up yeah. part one really quick. Because yeah. essentially, yeah. we get to know everyone. We get to see kind of their backgrounds, like we said. And then how they react to the incident. The incident, how everyone kind of handled it. People handle it much better than others. Um, Yeah, so Nate, our criminal, he was gung-ho. He jumped right in trying to save Simon's life. Okay, okay, I guess we should say how he died. (laughs) So he went into, like, anaphylactic shock because he is allergic to peanuts. And there were no EpiPens at the nurse's office, which Cooper, our athlete, ran his little butt over there to try to find some. They were all gone. Weird. And then, so he was trying to do that. <laughs> Nate was trying to, like, just help him on his body. I think he Bronwyn was... They, were just, Bron- they looked at the bag. Bronwyn was going through the bag, trying to find his own, like, shit. Like, anything she could have to help. And Addie was just standing there. She kind of couldn't handle it. And that's the first glimpse you see of their personalities. Yes. And that's when you see their point of views then from that point on. You kind of see what they think of each other in that situation. So you kind of see like Nate was very harsh on Addie because she was, he was like, why was she fucking just standing there? Like he could yeah. not wrap his hand around that. And you see Addie being like, I didn't expect Nate, the criminal, to care that much. Like... It was all very, like, biased, and it was a good look at everyone. And then you're all of a sudden, like, why why do you think now to judge somebody else when somebody else is, like, dying? Because we know these, like, cliches. And, like, even then, I think maybe they were all like, well, this wasn't my fault. One of you must have called this to this, you know? Even though... Well, Abby, you know, uh, every time you see her with even one of the other characters, she's still like blaming one of them yeah she's very judgmental which <laughs> is again her cliche like her stereotype of a character because yeah. she's 
the pretty one. She's the princess. She's better than thou. Captain, best boyfriend. And so you get all of that and you kind of get a lot of their backgrounds. And then near the very end of part one, it's uh, just like announced that the police are officially declaring the four of them as the prime suspects. But not the teacher. In this case, they they don't even care about the teacher. <laughs> he is not an issue. He wasn't even at the detention. You know, we're just gonna hang out <laughs> in the room by ourselves. And um, and then like at the very end of part one, like I thought the beginning of part one was very Breakfast Club, and then I thought the end of part one was very Pretty Little Liars. So I get the reference because the police at the end of this part begin acting a lot like the police in Pretty Little Liars do. They're, again, these are teenagers, and then they act this fucking way. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. All right. Um, so that's part one. So yeah, everyone is now, the four of them, Bronwyn, Addie, Nate, and Cooper, are official, the main suspects for the death of Simon. And that is how we go into part two. So we got a little taste of it in part one, but the main thing in part two is that Bronwyn and Nate have a little bit of a relationship blooming. We got the brains and the criminal because they were childhood friends and they both kind of had a crush on each other when they were children, which is something you kind of see throughout the whole book. They, Bronwyn was always the one who was nicest to him because she knew him when they were kids she knows his situation, knew about his mom, knew his mom, liked his mom. Like, it was a whole thing. Like, it's very cute. And they were my yes. favorite. They are my favorite characters. I'll go ahead and say I'm very biased. Same. No, I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I kind of feel like towards the end of the book, though, the book became more about them, too. I would argue that it always was because the first chapter is from Bronwyn. Like, she is our first POV. You know, so yeah. I always I always kind of think she is the main one and then Nate and then. But I feel like for a little bit, though, they were pretty balanced somewhat between the four of them. Maybe and it could just be because they were my two favorites. I always just kind of saw them as the main ones because I think, again, in well, that stereo is makes it. Oh, yeah, completely. Completely about them, too. Yeah. But if you're going based on stereotypes again. So you open with Bronwyn, who is the brainiac. And anytime you open with a book, you're kind of assumed like, okay, this is my main character. Great. This is how they think. And then there's a lot of heavy placement on Nate because she knows him. And also one, I love enemies to lovers and I love a bad boy. So I was already honed in on Nate. I was like, you're going to be my favorite character. I'm going to defend you no matter what. (laughs) <laughs> and then you love it when opposites attract. So you got the really smart one with the bad boy. I was like, okay, this is it. These are the two I care about. So I was already hooked because of the stereotypes. Like, they they work for a reason, again. It's true. It's true. And yes. so I was already leaning very heavy in the beginning. Like, these are the main characters because, one, they keep being pulled together. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't make sense. But the author is leaning very heavy into it. So one, it's going to lead to one of them using the other because one of them is the murderer. Or it's going to lean into the fact that they're both innocent or like something tragic is going to happen, which is kind of what happened. And the other one's going to have to get them out of it. And like, it's just, 
it's cliches and they work for a reason okay see maybe because i'm new to books <laughs> <laughs> it's not even books though it's also like movies and tv shows catch on okay i felt like we were like equally on them for a little bit and then by like the end of part two beginning of part three i feel like it definitely pushed which i was glad because in my head i was like i want more of nate and Broadwin. i just want more of them i want more nate mostly because the guy who is reading for nate i really enjoyed his voice oh like, nice was a good reader um and i was cracking up on his voice for addy <laughs> okay <laughs> i love that okay and that could just be me like it was my bias that i that I, as a reader, I definitely honed in on these two characters. I was like, yep, they're my favorites. They're they're who I care about. They're the main characters to me. So maybe it was more even than I'm giving it credit to. That's that's fair. Yeah. Maybe not. Me towards the end there. I, just, <laughs> I, I do agree, though. Addie definitely had a lot more better character development. Cooper, I feel like, almost wasn't necessary. We'll talk about him more with what happens part three. I think mainly part three. I because... think he was put in there for one of the biggest cliches in a nice way. <laughs> we'll talk about it. So yeah, mainly I think the big focus of part two is it's Nate and Ron One's growing relationship. At least for me, again, I'm very biased. They were my favorite. But it was in part two, it was very clear that the author was trying to make it to question the reader like hey is this legit or is one of them playing a game with the other and trying to like not be blamed for murder because they were the murderer like it was very catch and mouse feeling but it was also like no this is legit it kind of like in a way (sighs) jumping it it kind of made me there were times where it made me feel like okay they were about to make a pact you know because they kind of yeah. did make a pact like they you did. Kill you but i'm also thinking like i feel like if there came a time to it nate or broadwood both would have like stuck up for the other one and maybe took the blame for the other one even though they know that neither one did it i think it was well, that and then i also think the author I think the author was also trying to get the reader to be like, ooh, one of them is suspicious because they're like, maybe they're just buddying up to this one. Like, maybe Nate is buddying up to Bronwyn because she's really smart and he can pass the blame to her and vice versa. Bronwyn is very smart and she knows that Nate is the obvious one who will take the blame for her murder. You know, like, it was it was very, like, a like I never bought it, but I could see that that's what was also trying to happen in the background. Mm, it's whatever. But also in part two, we get some Addie growth with uh, the cutting of her hair. Yes. So what did, what do you think about that? What did you think All about that I part? I think of was the quote, every time I get my hair done, I just <laughs> quote Marilyn Monroe when a when a when a woman changes her hair she changes her life okay yeah i love that actually oh i kept thinking i think it's marilyn monroe i don't know it sounds like marilyn monroe and so i was like okay she is legit just 
because what I think about that is when you when you cut your hair like that is something where you in a tough moment of life in general where you just feel like you have no control and you or you lost control like that's something you can control you know Mm -hmm. like like, all right I'm this is what I'm choosing to do I'm going to do this and so I think what she did was she had to take control even with you know because I think it was like a step where the hairdresser didn't want to cut it and she's been told forever how many years her and Jake were together um you know how to do her hair because he would be so he preferred it this way yes and so when she's being told by somebody else again you know then she finally just that was the last thing and she just did it herself I think yeah. that was a big moment for her and I think that it needed the the hairdresser saying no needed to happen yeah and her being like fix it <laughs> yeah let me backtrack like really quickly i we didn't even say like the most important thing so we hinted at like yes uh so all of them are suspects but these are the reason they're suspects because they also all have something to hide are we telling their secrets because simon yeah because yeah. simon had this it was called about that it was like a gossip app and every day or every week or ever whenever he had the tea he would just expose all of these students' secrets and it would go to everyone's phone. And it was, one, it's bullshit. And it was, it's silly that it was even allowed to happen, but whatever. I feel like you could probably be sued or in jail for that, but all yeah. right. Well, I had a question on that too. Is like the cops like literally read all of these and were just like, oh, well, that's true. Look what you did. Oh, yeah, I know. The cops are not reliable at all in this story and like obviously they were wrong (laughs) a lot of yeah it was (laughs) okay but we learn okay so we learn Bron and and he died literally like before something was published that exposed these four specific people so what it was was Bronwyn cheated on a test which is like okay great but that's her reputation it's her family pressure it's getting into Yale blah 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 big test though yes it was like it affected her Yale stuff yeah um Addie cheated on Jake Mm. which Jake if you haven't noticed is her whole fucking life Cooper is not uh well okay so the one that was going to be published originally was that Cooper was doing steroids for like faster pitches on his baseball. Mm-hmm. And then Nate, it was just that he was dealing drugs, right? And yeah. he he fully admitted he was like, Yeah, but I stopped. <laughs> like Nate yeah. was the only one from the beginning who was like who admitted to his shit. Like he was like yeah, but I haven't done that in this long. Like, you can search my house because he hasn't. And Nate was, I don't know, Nate didn't really seem like gossip anyways because that way, like, it felt like Simon was pulling at strings just because we later learned Simon was jealous of Nate for this one specific reason. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. So that's really why Nate was thrown into this foursome. Uh was just because simon didn't like him because he was jealous oh, simon is not a good character let's get that out of the way he already he has an app like this 
stirring the pot for no fucking reason in high school that is already hard enough. He's not like a Dan He's Humphrey. the outcast. He's not a likable character. <laughs> but we really don't care that he's dead. <laughs> That's another thing that happens while you're reading. You're like, I don't care that this kid is dead. He kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so eventually, yes. And so because of that post, it ended up actually going live or whatever, even though the police like contacted them about it. So Jake found out through the gossip mill, basically that Addie cheated on him and so they broke up they had this fight and now Addie is very sad she's depressed so she's even more insufferable than she was in part one until she's finally like let me take control she decides she wants to cut her hair Mm -hmm. and then like Missy said the the hair person is like the hairdresser is like no like it's so beautiful why would you do that and it's just another person like you kind of see in Addie's way of thinking it's just another person telling her what she should do it's another person telling her that looks are all that matter blah 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 and so she grabs the scissors she just cuts a chunk of her hair and she looks at her and she says fix it yeah I love that that was fine that was the first moment I was like okay Addie I can get behind you (laughs) as a character let's go I got you girl yeah that's same she was a little bit better but you know what also I'm like I don't know it could be wrong but if people cheated in high school like word got around yeah but nobody cared you know like ooh, so-and-so cheated on so-and-so like that might be the gossip but it's not like it was ruining your life for the rest of you know like it didn't I mean I think in hindsight 100% it doesn't fucking matter but I also think when you're a teenager everything is so much more than it actually is in your brain but like if saying somebody used steroids that is a life changing accusation you know well, for a kid who's about to get all these scholarships and offers, like, that changes his life, that he didn't get them, you know? Yes, but I think, like, when it comes to Addie, it matters because Jake, and you are led up until this point, this is why I have such a problem with her, is Jake was her life. Mm. So it was essentially her flushing her life down the drain. And that was what she was known for at school. So when people heard, like, she cheated on him, it was, like, scandalous because Jake is who she was. Like, she was not her own person. That's something very important. Addie was not a real person. Addie was an extension of Jake. She was an object. She was a piece of jewelry on his arm. That is what she was. Wasn't she talking to her sister? And her sister's like, well, what do you like to do? And Addie's like... She didn't fucking know because Jake never told her what she likes. She's like, well, I liked riding my bike. Like, okay. Liked. Passed. Yeah, she's like, I haven't ridden a bike. You know, she didn't even have a bike. Because of Jake. Like, that was the point, I think. It's like, that's why it's such a big deal is because Jake was Addie. I think that's a big deal for her in this book. But I don't know. In real life, I... I think Addie is definitely a character that exists because I've met Addies. 
I just so I your entire school care. They might care for like a day or a week. I just I listen to a lot of true crime and I know that these are real women who this is their life and then they cheat once to be happy and then they get murdered. So I think it's a real issue. Yeah. Well, but do you understand though? Like in in a high school scene though. I also not- think kids are dicks. I don't trust kids and I don't care what they think. I or maybe just because I'm sitting I'm like, okay, you cheated on him. Kids are mean, man. Yeah, I don't know. They're vicious. They I've are. never liked them. I w- I could see them shaming someone for something stupid because they have. Yeah. Have you ever seen Carrie? <laughs> As a little first <laughs> Like, <sighs> they poured pig's blood on her at prom because she was a little weird. Yeah, you're right. People are weird. <laughs> Kids are mean in high school. Like, that's the point. That's the point. (laughs) Okay. I'll just try to think it as extended out like that and just be that crazy. But I still also believe that her secret or whatever could have been bigger. It could have been. But I think for the character that we had been led up to believe at that time, that was her... What if she cheated on him with a teacher? That would be more believable for me. That that would be scandalous. I and mean, she did cheat on him with his teammate, with his friend. Yeah, but... So that is kind of sucky. But also, Jake make... just was a shit person, so I don't really care. Let's fast forward really quick towards the end. Okay. The reason why this all happened, right? Yeah. Where you find out who kills who and why. Okay. Okay. And he put all these secrets and the exaggerated <laughs> reasoning is because they he wanted to ruin their lives. Okay. So to me, and and ruin their lives as a public thing, right? Mm-hmm. So he was gonna change it, you know, having steroids when where he would have lost Cooper would have lost his scholarship, he would have he would have had a whole life change if he couldn't go to, to to school to play baseball. That's a, you know, change of life. Um, Nate d- doing drugs wasn't really anything new. So to me, I was like, you didn't do anything to him. You yeah. Know? Okay. Bronwyn, unless this was like the test of like the SAT test, you know, like something bigger, I think even her secret could have been bigger because her cheating on tests, yeah, her parents are really upset with her. And for some reason, it almost affected her thing to yell, which I don't understand. Maybe if it goes onto her record for, but even that, I don't I don't know how that work on that. So that might be, but I don't yeah. think it was as far as fresh. So then when you have Addie cheating on her boyfriend, like you're in high school. Okay, I get it. And you're, you're effect- she, that's affecting her herself like you know your true crime thing like maybe he would have killed her which i totally get i get that but like if you're looking at a reason that you want to ruin somebody's life i don't think it was big enough because here she is 16 17 maybe 18 tops i don't even think that old she cheated okay you 
get on, you move on, and then here you go, date on another person. Hopefully you don't cheat on him, you know. I just don't think they were life-threatening <laughs> gossip. I think in that point where, like, it's ruining people's life, I think the only point that really can be made is it's a very specific Addy character thing. Again, where just Jake was her life. So, yes, it did ruin her life in that sense because you see she was insufferable for so many fucking chapters after that came out because her life was, quote unquote, ruined. But that's a very teenager way of thinking. And so I think that was also the point. Very teenager way of thinking. One hundred percent. I think that was the point. Because I was an Addy for a minute. I, too, I do understand that. Yeah, like, we've all, I think, been there. Like, my life is over. Totally get that. But I'm also, I'm like, if you're really looking at the bigger picture, that was not, I guess there's the twist in there that. But it was also, Simon was also a teenager. Yes. So, like, he would think that's the end all be all. For this one right now. (laughs) And I think, like, you have to look at it that because, like, yes, like, he was also a teenager and what his goals were for that post and whatever, like, saying, <laughs> grow up. <laughs> yeah, no, no one does. Will. It'll <laughs> hurt like hell, but you'll get over it and you'll grow up, which she did, which actually, in a way, does change her life so much different than what anybody would have expected. Yeah. Which is her character development, which is great. Awesome. Love you, Addie. Good job, girl. <laughs> I don't know. That's just how I felt because I was just like, some of these didn't seem, I don't know. I mean, Simon's just a fucked up kid anyways, though. So I get that. He is. And he and... I totally get it. Like it was, I think it was a decent read. Okay. Yeah. Not my favorite. But it was okay. Um, Nate and Bronwyn were my favorite out of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, did I take his way off? No, 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 you're fine. Uh, only thing after that was like all of that was in part two is also where the police kind of shift their focus to Bronwyn mm-hmm. being the main suspect because of a post that Bronwyn left a comment on which is so stupid like how because one when I was thinking about this I'm like you can't even prove that she was the one that commented on it oh they did though but so let me let me let me find if it goes to your phone yeah or your computer yes but anybody can have access to that okay Bronwyn's Bronwyn's um comment on the story about who her sister yeah okay okay, okay, yeah. so here we go the police call Bronwyn in on her own to like view this po- blog post uh that simon has made because they're like hey this leads us to thinking like you're more of a suspect what happened is Bronwyn and her mother and her lawyer all go into the, like, a station room, and this is what happened. And this is a quote or whatever. 
my mother moves her chair next to me as Robin leans over my shoulder. I focus my eyes on the screen, but I already know what I'm about to read. I've worried for weeks that it might come up. So maybe I should have said something, but it's too late now. This is what Simon wrote. Newsflash, LV's end-of-the-year party isn't a charity event. Just so we're clear, you'd be excused for thinking so, though, with frosh attendance at an all-time high. Regular readers, and if you're not one, what the hell is wrong with you? No, I tried to cut the kids some slack. Children are our future and all that. But let me do a little PSA for one new and fleeting, I'm gonna guess, because she had cancer, uh, arrival to the social scene. MR, which is the initials for Bronwyn's little sister, who doesn't seem to realize SC is out of her league. He's not in the market for a puppy kid. Stop with the following. It's pathetic. And guys, don't give me that poor little thing had cancer crap. Not anymore. M can put on her big girl panties like anyone else and learn a few basic rules. And then he proceeds to list some rules. And then... Bronwyn's lawyer and her mom go and like talk to the cop and Bronwyn this whole time is just like being really silent and she's like I fucking knew that they were going to bring this up I hope they wouldn't bring this up and then the detective basically like their eyes gleam he looks as though he can barely restrain himself from grinning and they're like because everyone's asking like oh Bronwyn has no comment on this it's whatever and he's like he is a cat with a fish in his mouth and he's like oh but she does or she did anyway uh simon unpublished the blog more than a year ago but all of the posts and comments are still recorded on the back end he's like you have to give your email address to leave a comment this is yours right bronwyn and then robin her lawyer says anybody can leave another person's email then she leans over my shoulder again and reads what I wrote. This is Bronwyn thinking that at the end of sophomore year. Fuck off and die, Simon. So it's literally their only thing that's tying Bronwyn. Because, because she was defending her little fucking sister who just got over cancer. And he was shitting on her. And she had the very human teenager reaction of... Mm-hmm. Fuck off and die. But see, that right there, I'm like, would that even hold up in court? I don't know. I'm just really trying to I don't know. It was still far-fetched. But no, yeah. My whole thing when I was reading this, I was like, this is a far fucking reach because I would also have that reaction. Yeah, especially when it happened. Not even my sister. If it was my friend, I'd be like, fuck off and die. Like, I can't tell you how many shitty men I've told to die. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Or if you just uh, like you, there's a there's a difference of saying like of saying it and then acting on it. Yeah, especially no. something from what what was it a year later, two years later, something like that. Yeah, like no, no, it felt like a real reach for them trying to all of a sudden pin it on Brown one. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, he should fuck off and die for mocking her little sister who almost died. Like, yeah, I would be the same. Or stop making him be this, you know, great person who, oh my gosh, who would have killed him. Like, you would have, yeah, there's just a lot of questions about that. Because he was clearly not a good person. And that should have been like, oh, I wonder. Yeah, that was something that was, like, trickling in throughout. 
you realize like we're not really sad he's dead no yeah not at all but still not something kids should have to witness either yeah no and and then be suspected of the murder yeah yeah it's a lot it's a lot people suck (laughs) yeah and then also during that is when you kind of see some sus behavior with jake like he really wants to know what's happening with the police station or like anything like he's just very interested in everything he is an interesting character do we do we say it oh we can it's gonna come out in part three i guess i i have i don't know why i have this page written now hold on it's about jake oh yeah so in this part page 206 in the book they're broken up, Jake and Addie, and then she, like, he invites her over to his house or whatever, and he just starts questioning her about the case. He's Whoa. like, so how's the investigation going? Well, first he's like, you ride a bike now? That's weird. And she's like, yeah, I ride a fucking bike. And then he just starts, invi- and, like, asking her about the case because, and then he goes, like, Cooper really hasn't said much either because he's also friends with Cooper. So, like, Cooper and Addie were in the same circle when she was dating Jake. Uh, But he makes a point to be like, so how's the investigation? Like, what's up? Cooper's been really quiet. And so that's, like, if you didn't already hate and suspect Jake, which, spoiler, you can kind of see where this is going. This is a very big red flag. Like, homeboy, why are you interested in your ex-girl? girlfriend's investigation case like why are you asking these specific questions yep yep yeah so that's when it's like oh i knew i had a reason not to like you <laughs> and you're just now confirming it yes thank well, you no, he confirmed he confirmed it i mean with it wow. with some hands <laughs> but all right yeah oh my gosh this part was intense <laughs> yeah so anyways, like that all happens. And then also the end of part two. Well, we are introduced to another character by part two, aren't we? She's in part Chris two. Chris. Or oh. oh yeah, yeah. I don't have anything written about her, but yes, this was Simon's best you friend. Do you have anything about her? I don't. Uh, not until the end, part three. But when yes, she... I think you meet her. I think you meet her in part one, actually. Mm-hmm. At the memorial, she has a really weird, like, cryptic conversation with Cooper. So, like, by I guess it'd probably be by part two. When when Janae kind of becomes, um, when she starts talking with Addie a lot. That's, um, that's much more in part three, because I do have stuff written about that. Yeah. Once she started becoming more of, like, a known character, that's when my mind started racing, like, oh, okay, like... Oh, your best friend. You were best friends with Simon. All right. Now, why are you coming and talking to these people? You know, like if you if they never talked before, like that was a big like red yeah. flag. Yeah. Like, what's going off? Radar, radar. And uh, so when when she was just becoming a little bit louder in the book, um, that was definitely part three. But yeah, yeah. You kind of you get a mention of her or like an introduction to her in part one. They bring her out more in part two of who she was. She was Simon's best friend. 
it kind of feels like maybe she was in love with him. You're not sure. And then in part three is when it's like, you're like, hmm, girl, what's your what's your deal? I don't trust you. And then you get a lot more of her in part three. Yes. Uh, yeah, she was she was a good character, though, I think. Yeah, no, I think so, too. Um, but the main thing at the end of part two is it's a Cooper thing um, because there's been hints like Cooper was very he was the only one who was adamant that his secret was not true like mm-hmm. he has not done steroids he did not do drugs he just trained a lot to become, fix, better. become better become a better baseball player um, and that's because it's eventually re- revealed I think in part two also that it was an edited post. So that was not the secret about Cooper that was to be posted. Mm-hmm. It was encrypted stuff. So. Yeah, it was like very technical, very computery. But it was essentially that Cooper was messing around with another person, like a KS or something. And he has a girlfriend. So he had this girlfriend who was like in love with him. And he was not great to her. And uh, he didn't really care for her that much. She's kind of annoying. It's fine. Uh, but at the very, very end, it's revealed that uh, the person that he is like has a thing for is a guy. So like Cooper is gay, which is a very big stereotypical um, athlete mm-hmm. thing. But it's which he's terrified for it coming out. I feel heartless saying this, but it is. For a book or a storyline, I feel like it's the same. But then if you look at it real life, it probably is the same too. What do you feel heartless about saying that? I'm over here, I'm like, give me something more. <laughs> give me something different. But I feel like in the LGBTQA, is that a letter in there now? I thought they put there might be an A, yeah. You know, a lot of stories that you really hear, you don't you don't get to hear like in movies and stuff, you don't get to hear the good, like supportive roles with them. You know, I feel like I it's mean, like it is a cliche character in this story because it's it is the athlete with the I feel heartless saying like, Oh my gosh, it's cliche gave me something else because I'm like <laughs> I just want something new. I just want happy at some point, you know, if something's coming out. There is no happy. <laughs> But, but no, on anything, anything. But then, yeah, with this book, I get it. Totally get it because it's the cliche of it's our good old boy, the Christian baseball. farmer, baseball boy, and the uh problematic dad, which I fucking hated his dad after this point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it does happen. Yeah, yes. truly. So it's his, his grandma, though. I mean, love so- her. Yes. Love the gray. And she quoted at the end. So, what's his name? Cody or something? Chris. Chris, we should meet. We should meet this boy. He. We we love her grandma. The grandma. Yes. Um. So yeah. So part three or part two kind of ends in Chris going to his college boyfriend, I guess, um, or fling apartment making out and that's when it's like Chris is a boy because you kind of thought Chris was a girl but no. and then we get into part three which is the last part of the book mm-hmm. in the beginning of part three um Nate's mom appears 
when Nate is taking Bronwyn to his house. Or Bronwyn's taking Nate home. I can't remember which one. But his dead mom is at his house. (laughs) So what did you think about that? Holy shit. It, um... How do you feel about that storyline? Like, would you forgive him? Or did you understand it? I would empathetically, I would try to understand it. Because uh-huh. the, way he, the way he says, you know, like, he goes, it wasn't all a lie because he partially believed it to be true. Yeah. That was his way of coping. Yeah. And With so his mom leaving him. For coping like that not at all yeah so i think it would be an easy thing to get over i wouldn't be like oh my gosh i you know you lied to me i'd never you know trust you again absolutely not yeah no it definitely it did take them bronwyn and him some time to kind of like get back into their relationship even though it was so like intro at that point like they kissed in part two or whatever um and then that happened and she was like you told me your mom was dead (laughs) and again it's this whole thing like are we trying to frame each other for murder so yeah and then they make the pact i promise not kill you if you promise not to kill me yeah And then also in part three is when, like we kind of mentioned, we get a lot more of the the Janae stuff, and especially with Addie. Addie and her end up hanging out a lot. And Janae, like, she starts making a lot of interesting comments about Simon. She starts saying things like, when he was himself, mm. quote unquote, because I have that written down. And I thought that was interesting. Yes. I was like, what does that mean? Is he sick? Well, once Jan- Janae really, like, when you realize that she, you know, she loves Simon, that's her best friend, yada, yada, that's when I was like, oh, she knows. And then it is when those words of he, you know, when he was himself, definitely I was, that's kind of the part where I was like, oh, like, what did he do? Yeah. You know? And it was also, like, it was during this, that whole comment, like, when Simon was himself, like, she was just trying to explain Simon to Addie. Um, That whole conversation was because she invited herself to Addie's house. Mm-hmm. And Addie, who has never really had girlfriends like that, was like, yeah, sure. And then she was being so fucking weird and suspicious. And she just, out of the blue, was like, hey, can I have a drink? And Addie was like, okay yeah i'll get you a drink and then left her alone in her room i was like nah girl if i was suspected of murder from this girl's best friend i would not be leaving her alone in my room i'd be like yeah let's go to the kitchen together (laughs) because i'll admit right here i was very suspicious of janae and then because immediately when addy comes back she's like i gotta go and i was like bronwyn is on something because bronwyn never trusted janae I was thinking Janae like set her up. up. Yes, I did I too. She put something in her room, something. Sent so I did predict, page. like, I predicted the murderer. I predicted someone being a part of it, but I was unsure about Janae. Yes. Yeah. So this part made me suspicious. I was like, Addie, no, don't fucking trust her. 
Yes. <laughs> and she was. She was strange too. But then you're also like you try to take you kind of take pity on her because she just lost her best friend. But it is. Why would you find comfort in the four people who or well in one of the four people who the weakest quote unquote link of the four also under investigation prime suspects that's what I was like she's setting Addie up because she's using Addie because Addie is the weakest yeah yeah so yeah I was immediately like on red alert at that point from Janae yeah no I it was interesting how they put that out there but I also was more red alert where you know the cops were like oh well these were encrypted files and or Mm -hmm. oh hey this was posted a week after simon was dead yeah so you're like okay so clearly somebody is alive and is still a part of this yes you know so my first thought was janae yeah she was my very first thought yeah and then shortly after that, you get a bunch of like, you get, I think, a Cooper. I'm trying. It's like a few chapters left. You get a Cooper thing, and it's like his dad just being homophobic. And, um, and his yeah. dad being like using the word choice. Like, it's all this, like this choice you've made. And like, it just, I hated Cooper's dad during all this. It's whatever. Um, so I'm not even going to yeah, talk about it. Like- were not good but then you get to page 299 and this is during another addy chapter and this is where a new post came out saying and this is with the very gossip girly posts so like during this whole trial posts have been coming out saying like what's going on like with the with the four like the murder four or whatever their little title was i can't even remember um but then a detail comes out that is not true. And everyone is like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. So you get in Addie's brain, though, and she says, this is the last paragraph of her chapter here. She says, a cold wave washes over me as the words enter my brain and nest there, pushing everything else out. Cooper and Broadwin are right. That didn't happen. But I told Jake it did. Dun dun dun! Jake is gossip girl. Son of a bitch, Jake. Um, yeah. which is like tracks because you never like him. Like, no, you don't ever like him. He's a shit person. Oh, it gets even worse too. Oh, it gets so much worse because why is he in on this? Why is he in on this? Yeah, like why? Why Jake? Why Jake? Well, we'll backtrack to a little story about Addie, who mm-hmm. cheats on Jake's best friend, right? Cheats on Jake with his best friend, yeah. <laughs> on his best friend? Yeah. yeah. So Jake, wait, how did, hang on, I forget how Simon found out. I don't know, somebody found out. Simon found out and told Jake. And all of a sudden, so Jake knew for months and stays with Addie until this happens. And you're just in here going, what? Because then Addie's also like, holy shit. He knew this whole time, has still had sex with me, still kissed me, still says you love me. Because you know? why? 
Because he was in on this plan to frame Addie for a murder. Because he was that upset about it. That narcissistic and controlling. Addie was the original person to be framed. Which in part three, we didn't even mention Nate's in jail for the murder. Like they pinned it on Nate. Nate is in jail. And then all this shit starts coming out and Addie's like, wait, that's a fucking lie I told. Uh And then you learn Addie was supposed to be the one framed, not Nate. But Janae, when she sent Addie to get a drink, switched the the evidence to frame Nate instead of Addie because she ended up liking Addie. Yep. And I would love a prequel to have the to hear the conversation between Simon and Jake because in a way it's like it could be in the show I'm not there yet I don't know well because I'm wondering if you know Simon okay spoiler alert <laughs> yeah <laughs> Simon commits suicide yeah Simon was a depressed shitbag and committed yeah. suicide to but then wanted to do it in a way that framed for Four random people that he just had beef with. He wanted to be remembered and yeah. he wanted this to But he also wanted to take down four people that he hated. Mm-hmm. Essentially. That's it. He almost he's did. a shit person. <laughs> and so you I would love to hear the conversation because in a way I wonder if Jake pushed him more to do it. So he could have I wouldn't been... doubt it because he's controlling. Yeah, so I'm wondering like maybe I don't know if this could happen in the show. If there's a part where he was sitting here, okay, Simon, look, I understand how you feel. Like he's manipulating him to commit suicide and be like, look at this. If you do, if you go down this way, we can get all of these people, you know, make them suffer, da 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 da. You won't suffer anymore because you'll be dead, you know, and then they'll never know it was a part, like I was a part of this and da 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 da. Like that's where I see it going down. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think that's more of they were poison for each other. But mm-hmm. also, you learn throughout the story, Simon was on, like, blogs for school shootings where he was criticizing the shooter. Like, he could have done this better and more memorable. And so even at that point, I was like, okay, so he planned this because he wanted to be memorable and make it something exciting. Like, it, it was already there in the back of his weird twisted fucking little mind and i think jake was probably like a dynamite on that like yeah let's fucking do it because i hate this bitch addy like they definitely weren't good for each other but i definitely think simon it was mostly him because he was literally criticizing school shooters on blogs if that doesn't scream sociopaths so yeah throughout the part three all the pieces start falling together addy learns everything from janae she kind of lays out all of these fucking pieces but they try to set jake up yes but also like i just want to say during this whole point like kind of fuck janae for not just going to the police because jake is just a teenage boy like she could have done some sort of pull to where she would have got immunity like i know she could have because i've watched cop shows but she loves Simon so much she wanted to be true to him. No, her thing was Jake was blackmailing her. That's why she didn't. She loves Simon too. No, her th- because she told Addie, she was like, I didn't go because 
Jake had this over me, like this like recording or whatever. And I think she still could have talked her way out of it. So I do kind of... At this point, Nate is in jail for no fucking reason. And Janae was just letting it happen because she set him up. Like, she did that. Janae should also kind of do some jail time. Gotta be honest. She said something... She could have said something before Simon even killed himself. Yeah. So I don't, like, as much as they try to pay her off as, like, the innocent... I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just... I, I don't really forgive her that much. No, I didn't say I liked her. But during all of this, yeah, like... <laughs> they're trying to make a plan, and then Jake comes and kind of interrupts the party. And Addie's like, okay, well, I'm gonna hide and record him. And is but, that like a Beyonce song that plays? It's some sort of fucking song plays on her phone because this bitch didn't put it on silent. And she's waiting and Cooper is waiting outside for her. Um, and Jake recognizes the ringtone as Addie's. And she basically starts bolting and he chases her down and starts to like tries to murder her she he tries to murder addy at this point jake is again a shit person and then cooper comes well janae janae tries to help and then she gets pushed aside but then eventually cooper does come and he's able to save addy's life uh and then jake goes to jail and And it gets up jail janae should have gone to jail yeah, I mean, she did. At least she should have been in trouble. Like, she should have been spoken up much sooner. Yeah, and then she fra- more- She literally framed Nate with the like all the shit. Yeah, like that. Yeah, she, that's she, bad. Isn't that um? It's tampering with evidence. Tampering with at least, but isn't that conspiracy too? Yeah, it's definitely conspiracy. Like she, like something should have happened. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely not innocent. But anyway, like, all that eventually comes to a conclusion. Like, everyone figures out what happened. Like, yes, Simon committed suicide, and he tried to frame these four people. The original scapegoat was supposed to be Addie. Again, Janae changed the evidence, and she put it on Nate because she just knew his house would be unlocked because that's the way he lived. Because, again, it plays into the stereotype. And it would be believable. And again, the police didn't question it when they found evidence at Nate's place. And all of chapter three is pretty much Bronwyn trying to prove Nate's innocence because she never believed that he was the murderer. Because again, they are the two best people in this book. <laughs> well, I just thought it was silly because it's like they found stuff in his locker and it's like, okay. Didn't you, ready- you already check this? Yeah, you already checked yeah. it. And, and then I think he even says like, why would I put this here? <laughs> yeah exactly even if you already checked it why would i put it there like he's literally a drug dealer you think he knows better than this because i do (laughs) yeah it was silly and then after he's released him and bronwyn have like this weird relationship he's pushing her away or he was already pushing her away the whole beginning of the book and the end of the book is a very big juxtaposition of nate and Addie, because in the very beginning nate was the one to jump to help and like jump to the rescue whatever and Addie was just standing and then they both saw each other like Addie saw Nate as like this very helpful guy and Nate's POV saw Addie as this very useless person but then Addie also saw herself as very useless and then in part three at the end 
Nate keeps thinking a lot like how Addie did the fucking thing. Like she almost died. She was so brave. She was so much more useful than he was. Head turned into a rock. <laughs> and he felt very useless. And like it was very uh it was a nice little like switch because like maybe the hero character and the useless character kind of got switched. But again, he was never useless. He was just no. wrongfully framed. <laughs> oh, they all were, and that's yeah. Him especially because he spent most of part three in jail, which is why we didn't really see much of him. No, not at all. They had few clips, but it was all... He almost didn't need to be in there. Yeah, it was just him pushing away Bronwyn. was all it was. And then we get the epilogue. What'd you think about the epilogue? I liked it. I think it gave me the ending that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her at all. For the way she act like responded. Um, big cliche too, where you know he realizes what he did and he fucked up and he wants her back. Bronwyn and Nate, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the epilogue you kinda learn like they have a very on again, off again relationship. Uh, because the yeah, the epilogue is told from Bronwyn's sister's Maeve point of view. Who we see her throughout the book a little bit. She's kind of like a big hacker girl. So she helped a lot with like uncovering some secrets. And I wonder, I wonder if she has anything to do with the next book after. Could be. There is like a sequel, and then I think another sequel. But I think they have different characters. I don't know for sure. But yeah, so basically the epilogue, you kind of nothing really happens. Everyone's kind of living their own life, and you kind of get a catch up on where everyone is. But ultimately, it was just like. It was a fine story. It was predictable and trope heavy. Two and a half, three stars for me. I don't know. I don't know. Two. It's fine. Yeah, about two and a half, three. I'll agree because I liked Nate and Bronwyn. Yeah, they were my favorites for sure. Addie had good character development. I just, the, I guess probably because I'm, I might, we, I might just be too old for it yeah no same because my mind right now is just thinking man none of that would have messed up your life (laughs) well some of it would but then again i'm like well if you know if i'm thinking like a 16 17 year old girl yeah i get it but i have that and i guess it's just also your circumstances in life who knows i don't know i don't know yeah it was fine just like six years difference than what they are <laughs> I about more seven but still well i don't want to think about that I, i'm good, sure though. the reviews are good yeah, i think it has like a 3.9 on goodreads which isn't bad 3.9 out of five amazon it's four and a half stars out of twenty eight thousand ratings yeah, I mean, it's not bad. And, like, the TV show, I've only watched the first two episodes of it, but it it's definitely giving the Gossip Girl vibes, the Pretty Little Liar vibes. None of the characters are one how I pictured them. So that's a little weird because they all look vastly different than I was picturing. Yeah, I didn't see that. But the soundtrack, like, they've got, like, Florence and the fucking Machine on that show. I was like, okay. And they used it during a Ron one and a Nate scene. And I was like, okay. So I'm here for it. I, I want to finish it. I'll probably finish it. 
here is a review on Amazon. Okay. Okay. I would kind of agree with it. Um, it's the so it's a one star. Okay. And they say deeply predictable trash. Review spoils the murder as if you couldn't work it out anyways. <laughs> Which I don't I do disagree on that because Oh, I guess Simon from the beginning. I didn't. Okay. Uh-huh. Mostly I think that yeah. I depends didn't on your thinking, think, I guess. I didn't think to think about him. That's fair. That makes sense. But at the end it says Turns out the motive was I'm a melodramatic teenager and I just want to be special. <laughs> I mean, yeah, truly. Simon was shit, yeah. And the surprise was that fact that it was so predictable it had to be a red herring and was actually just so predictable. Please go, or please guys, go find something better to read. <laughs> but they also put like three more paragraphs before that. No, yeah, I think I think it is very predictable and that's kind of why I think I like the TV show a lot because if I had not read this book, this TV show would be like popcorn to me. Uh, because while I'm watching it, it's that classic teen drama. Like I said, pretty little light. Like everyone's beautiful. The soundtrack is great. And the way they're doing it is kind of nice because at the end of each episode, each of the four characters look into the camera and they say a reason that they're lying or they say a reason that they're the murderer. And so you really wouldn't know to guess Simon in the show. And maybe they changed it in the show. I also don't know because I have not finished it. I've only watched the first two episodes. But I do like how they're doing the show. It's very teen drama, which is a great guilty pleasure for me. Like, I love it. So I'll have to finish it and see if it lives up to the end or if they change it at all. But so far, I'm, like, enjoying it. <laughs> hmm. I'll have to, I'll start it. I'll try to finish it and then I'll let you know if it's worth it without ruining so it on my book on audible it does have four pick four people on the front mm-hmm. so i kind of which i guess are the same actors in the show because it's, yeah it is you can uh, very clearly guess who was who yeah so yeah. that's kind of what i did so they are kind of what i think of see i they weren't for me i, I definitely had different pictures in mind but that's okay because they work in the show that's fine good good it's good yeah anything else to say i don't it was it was not my top no top like 10 no i don't think a top either but i might read the next ones oh you think so okay you'll have to let me know i had no desire to read the ones. i guess we should spin for the next week let's okay so it looks like our next book is going to be the Lost Girls by Heather Young. Six-year-old Emily Evans vanishes from her family's vacation home on a remote Minnesota lake. Her disappearance destroys the family. Her father commits suicide, and her mother and two older sisters spend the rest of their lives at the lake house, keeping a decades-long vigil for the lost child. Six years later, Lucy, the quiet and watchful middle sister, lives in the lake house alone. Before her death, she writes the story of that devastating summer in a notebook that she leaves along with the house to the only person who might care, her grandniece, Justine. Do you want me to keep going? I mean, that wasn't at all what I was reading. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you gave a lot more detail away. 
I mean, this one has probably like five more sentences. Um, no, literally what I was reading was in the summer of 1935, six-year-old Emily Evans vanishes from her family's vacation home. Her disappearance destroys her mother, who spends the rest of her life at the lake house, hoping in vain that her favorite daughter will walk out of the woods. Emily's two sisters stay, too, each keeping her own private decades-long vigil for the lost child. And that's the only description I saw. Oh. And you gave a lot more detail away. This one has a lot of details in it, so I don't <laughs> read anymore, though. I mean, it just kept going. Okay. It, but uh, it, uh, it seems like it's another fucking mystery. <laughs> yeah. It came out July 2016. Okay. We keep just being on that mystery train. I'll huh? go with the mysteries. I like the mysteries. But her favorite daughter. Ooh. Yeah, the so favorite daughter is very interesting. It didn't get me bingo, though. Ooh, didn't get me bingo, but I have one more book and I'll have a bingo. No! This will be good. Okay, so I guess we're going to read a little, a little mystery. And uh, it's getting, it's getting tight on this uh this bingo board we'll have to we'll have to share our bingo boards here soon yeah we should probably should do that a little update make sure people still remember we're doing bingo <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're so consistent about posting our episodes <laughs> yes i'm sorry friends it's me you're Hi, the problem it's you it's me. <laughs> Goodbye, friends. Thank you for hanging out with us. It was fun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Sorry, it's been a minute, but we'll be quick. It'll. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you're excited to listen about the Lost Girls, which will be our next episode. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Peace out. Bye. Bye.